Yo, here I am back with another episode. I think we're on episode 12 now. It's coming thick and fast, just like these match weeks. It's just all too mad. All too mad. This week we had some good football matches, uh, disappointing performances from some teams, some expected uh, awful play, uh, VAR again in some games, but we're going to get into that. We'll start with the first game. Uh, we had a uh, Burnley Everton. Uh, that was the first game Saturday afternoon. Wasn't really the most exciting game. I've said it before with Burnley. You know, nothing special from them. Everton will be disappointed they didn't win that. I don't think Everton have won in a couple of games now. Uh, they lost in the last game to Leeds, and then which was at home, and they'd have lost this one. And they got Chelsea next, so they really need to be picking up some points. Calvert Lewin scored again. I think that was his 14th goal of the season. I don't think anyone expected this guy to get beyond 20. All right, he's a striker, but no one can tell me they expected that. Sigurdsson in that game came on, missed a glorious chance. I was reading after the game as well. Everton fans were hammering him. They were like, just leave already. Like, we don't want you. I feel they felt the same thing about Iwobi. But Iwobi's shown in the last couple of games that he's got a bit more confidence now. And you've seen him cross some nice balls in. You're not going to get 10 out of 10 performances from him. But... You know, he's consistent in his own way. Uh, Burnley will be happy at that point. They had a couple of chances at the end. But yeah, not really much to report on that one. It was just a normal draw, normal 1-1 draw. If someone said to you, oh, there's 1-1 Burnley and Everton, exactly what you think happened is what went down. After that, we had uh, Man City Fulham. I predicted 6-0 in this one. It could have been. I watched the highlights and... De Bruyne missed a couple of chances, hit the bar on one occasion. Ariola made a good save. And I think Jesus, uh, Sterling had a chance. There were loads of chances in that game for City to rack up the goals. And I was hoping they did because I had De Bruyne as captain in my fantasy football team. So that's what I really wanted. But no, he didn't do that. But luckily, you can hear the, oh, the gas in my voice. Like, I did very well this week. You know what I mean? I'm not going to brag. Because my opponents, they all listen to this. So I don't want to rub it in. Um, but yeah, no, Fulham, you know, held their own. KDB once again. Oh, mate, this guy has to be the best player in the Premier League. All right, not by far, because we've still got Salah, Mane. But he's oh, amazing, amazing player. Without him, God knows where City would be. Um, could have had, oh, I keep saying it. It could have easily just been, it could have been a cricket score. It could have been a cricket score. But Fulham, you know, did what they had to do. They'll be counting themselves lucky that their goal difference wasn't hampered too much. And yeah, they'll just move on to the next one. I'm very annoyed. One thing that annoyed me about this game was uh, Foden didn't come on. I've had this guy in my team for now, what, three, four weeks? And I keep saying, oh, I won't remove him just in case he comes on and does something. He did it in the last game. So I was hoping maybe a start in this one. But no. Guardiola, I don't think, made any subs in that game. And watch, he's going to play Champions League this week. I'll probably remove him and he'll probably do something on the weekend. Just my luck with some things in this uh, FPL season. But, as I said, I won, so let me not get too downbeat. That game, yeah, everyone expected City to win. But yeah, the scoreline, people probably expected a bit more. But hey, three points is three points. West Ham played United in the game following this one. West Ham will be very, very disappointed. West Ham went 1-0 up through Suchek, who I think is a decent player, I must say. 
And yeah, they had a chance. I think it was Haller who was sent through. And I don't know what happened. It was just like Bambi on ice. Like he tried to cut back and then shoot and he just stumbled. And you always felt 1-0 halftime. We saw what United did at Southampton, that they were going to come back and do what they would, do what they normally do in these type of games. Bruno was on the bench. I know it should, probably shocked a lot of people. Really shocked me to be honest. I thought they would start him at least first half, 50 minutes, get their goals. But they brought him on and he made a massive difference as soon as he came on. He was the one that got the assist for, who scored the first goal? Pogba. And then he was the assist before the assist in the two other goals. So, you know, I've got to give Ole his credit. He did well in that aspect, the changes he made. Rashford came on, made a difference. Greenwood scored a fantastic goal. Very Van Persie-esque that goal, very. The, uh, the tough point for Moyes will be the whole lead-up to the first goal. He was saying the ball went off the pitch. I'm sure people have seen it. Henderson kicks it and it looks like it curves out of play and lands at the feet of Fernandes. However, VAR can't judge that. So unfortunately for West Ham, nothing really can be done in, in that aspect. But they had their chances. They should have taken their chances when they had them. They didn't. United punished them. And United were buzzing with that because now the league table's looking a lot better for them. A couple of weeks ago, we were saying, oh, United's struggling. And look, look where they are now. You know, Pogba got a fantastic goal, you know, unstoppable goal. Um, and, you know, what's so frustrating for United fans probably is that he scores that goal. You feel like, all right, cool. They've got Leipzig tonight, bit of confidence. But no, Raiola strikes again, coming out with nonsense, talking about Pogba. You know, he's not gonna see out not not gonna sign another deal, he's gonna be gone. There was no need for it. The biggest game of United season, and this guy wants to be chatting. But I'm gonna save that for another day, because I'll be here for ages talking about Mino Rayola and his shenanigans. But well done to United, did what they had to do, and yeah, they'll be buzzing. They've got the next game and if they get three points there and others slip up, boy, the table's looking even better for United. But no, credit where it's due, you know, good on you, United. The evening game was Chelsea-Leeds. Chelsea won 3-1. Boy, we must have seen, I don't even want to say a miss of the season. Miss of the decade, probably. It was absolutely horrendous. How Werner missed that is beyond me. I'm happy he missed it because my head-to-head opponent had Werner. You know who you are, you know, and it probably burnt you. And that is payback for you laughing at me last week. But, hey, it is what it is, right? <laughs> But yeah, no, Werner, horrible miss. He had a lot of chances in this game. And for the last couple of weeks, he's had quite a few chances in games. And I can just see there's a game coming where he's going to just finish everything. You can tell it's coming. Get a hat-trick, easy. Um, Chelsea will be disappointed. Ziyech went off early, which I think was a hamstring injury. And yeah, they did what they had to do. Leeds did cause them problems, though. Leeds took an early lead through Patrick Bamford, who... Yeah, once again, one of them players, I take him out, he does well. That uh, is what it is. He um, scored against his old club. But Chelsea just looked in control. Even at 2-1, you didn't really feel that Leeds could go on and win that game from that point, from being 2-1 down. Chelsea just looked like they were cruising. Then at the end, they got their goal through uh, Pulisic, who you know, adds to that attacking option. Great team they have there. And when you really look deeply into the squad, they've got a fantastic team. I saw a little thing today about 
the players outside of their main eleven, and you still got players like Christensen, Aspilicueta, Hudson Odoi, and you're thinking, wow, like talent everywhere. Billy Gilmore, as well, Kovacic, who comes off the bench from time to time, Alonso still there, Rudiger, like very very good team, and you know what they. I don't even say they're dark horses for the title. They're up there. Like I feel like you have Liverpool City and Chelsea in that bunch as well. Tottenham, I'm not too sure yet because it could all go Spursy. But who knows? But Chelsea, you know, they look very good. Giroud scored again after his four goals in midweek against Sevilla. You know, you know what? He is the most underrated. I don't even want to say striker. Most underrated player in the Premier League. You know, Arsenal sold him and they must be kicking themselves. You know, the way they've been struggling up top and Giroud's just banging in goals for fun. All right, the guy doesn't have pace, but he can finish. He knows where the goal is. He's always good at attacking that near post. He can header, finish with both feet. Quality, quality player. And you can see why every uh, international competition, France always call him up without foul. But yeah, they've got a good team, a good thing going there. I just want to touch on uh, Rich James, who I feel like the last couple of weeks has just been amazing. I feel like for England, he is the most complete right back they have. Everyone can talk about Trent Alexander and Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka, right, he can defend. Last ditch defender, we've seen his slide tackles and whatnot. But going forward, he's not as good as Rich James. Trent, all right, can cross. Going forward, is good. Defensively, he's not as good as James. James just seems the most complete one out of all three. And, yeah, Chelsea have got a gem there. And as long as uh, he stays fit and the rest of the defence stay fit at Chelsea, they're going to go real close to winning the title. So, congrats to them. And uh, Fat Frank is smiling over there. We then had uh, West Brom Fulham. <laughs> wow. 5-1. 5-1. Zaha comes back with a bang. I did say, I did say a week or so ago, without Zaha... Palace really don't do anything. This guy comes back and he looks like he's been out for like what months. Comes back fresh. Great goal. Well, he scored a great goal. The one at the outside of foot was good, but the one where he cut in on his right, which they should have stopped and killed it in the corner. Fantastic finish. Van Anholt, my team got an assist. That made me very, very happy. And Palace, they, yeah, they played well. But I don't know whether it's they played very well or West Brom were awful. West Brom don't really seem to have much in that team. You know, they've got Sam Johnson in goal, who's he's all right. And then defensively, they look awful. Ivanovic, Ajayi, I think Ajayi used to play for Arsenal, I think he is. They've got Furlong there as well. And I think they played Matt Phillips as like a left wing back. So, yeah, they're just, they're like, them like Sheffield United are in a real spot of bother. And I really can't see any way for them two teams to come back and you know, put up a stronger fight to finish higher up in the table. I really think they're going to be the bottom two. And I read a stat. West Brom, the first team to score an own goal and have ascended off in the first half since, what, Tottenham in 2014. Absolutely mad. Whether it was ascending off or not, you know, people looking at it thinking, eh, it wasn't. By the end of the day, the intent was there. I think he kicked out. Some people disagree with me, but that's what I think. But yeah, West Brom will be disappointed and boy, they've got to pick up some wins real soon because they are in deep, deep trouble. Following this, we had Liverpool Wolves. Oh man. You know, 
Liverpool, when they got the injury to Van Dijk, I thought, man, they're going to really struggle. Then a couple of more injuries came and I thought, hmm, boy, they're not going to be doing much at all. They just keep winning. Leicester at home, they beat, they comfortably beat Wolves 4-0. You know, I saw Wolves play at Arsenal and they were fantastic. Jimenez went off and they were still good. But nah, man, like Salah was on form and the goalkeeper's come in and he looks very assured for a youngster. Much better than Adrian. Like he, you can see the defence are a bit more confident with him in goal. I think his name is Kea, Kelia, Kelaha, however you want to say it. But you know, he's looked all right. He's looked decent. And Liverpool just get goals from all over the pitch. Matip scores, you know. It's, and that's the thing with Liverpool. People always come to the fore when they need goals. Wijnaldum, who, for me, I think is a great player. Not many people, you know, think he's that good. But what he brings to the Liverpool team, I think, is amazing. And you can see that. Dynamic, quick. If they need him to play holding mid, he'll play holding mid. If they just want him as, I don't know, random attacking mid, we saw that against Barca when they beat them in the Champions League. Scored two goals, changed the game off the bench. So, I think he's great. Scored a fantastic goal. And, obviously, they got lucky with their Semedo own goal. But no, they dominated the whole game. Wolves really didn't stand a chance. Cody made a mistake, obviously, to let Salah score. And it's funny because uh, Cody must have a thing about Merseyside. He made two mistakes. It was last year against Everton that cost um, that where they end up conceding the goals or goals. And then obviously this weekend against Liverpool. And those are the only three errors he's made. So he must have a little nervous thing going when he's in the Merseyside. You know what I mean? You know too big for him to be there or maybe it's a case of you know Anfield the crowd you know or I say crowd like 2,000 people weren't there but listen it's probably still louder than the uh, Emirates um, but yeah no Liverpool did well Wolves would just brush themselves down go again and yeah there'll be some disappointing uh, or disappointed Wolves fans but well, you're going to get that from Wolves they're not going to beat every top team you know what I mean? But they will always put in decent performances when you least expect. And their home record will keep them in good stead. And I think Wolves comfortably will be top eight this season, most definitely. On the Monday, we had Brighton, Southampton. Oh, man. You know, they had uh, Danny Ings on the bench. And I thought, do you know what? Let's see what happens. I thought Che Adams up top, what's he really going to do? I say that, but I didn't mean my fantasy football team. And, you know, Brighton started well. But the thing with Brighton is when they score one, they don't seem to really go for it after that. They just seem to be comfortable with it. And then you have Lewis Dunk. And then you have, uh, is it Dan Byrne and Webster? And they're not really that mobile. And if you have strikers, any players that are very nifty, they seem to struggle a bit. And Walker had a couple of chances... Um, and then Vestergaard, he got the equaliser, fantastic header. I, I was watching a replay again and again, and I love them headers when it comes in, they just glance it, and you just see the way they glance it, and the goalkeeper just can't reach it at all. Great header, great assist from Wood Price again, fantastic delivery, as he always does. And Southampton, man, they are looking very good for European place next season. People might say it's early, but no, very impressive, very, very impressive. Um, I feel... Brighton just need to sort out the home record. I think that's 10 games now where they haven't won at home. So, yeah, they need to sort out. I just don't think they're clicking yet. I can see what Graham Potter is trying to do. 
But, you know, you look at the likes of Solly March, uh, Pascal Gross, Wolbeck up top. It's just not working yet. And I think they played Ben White in midfield. They'll get there eventually, but they need to pick up some points real soon because this league is harsh, as you can see with Arsenal, as you can see with other teams that are struggling at the moment, you know. Other teams will just pick up points, man. And Fulham obviously got the win last week against Leicester. So you have to be very careful. If you can get a point, take your point and you move on from there. Because a loss can be oh, very bad in this league. But yeah, Brighton, really don't know what to say on them. I kind of put them above what I think of Burnley. You know, they're one of them teams where I don't really enjoy watching. But if they're playing a better opposition... I might just catch the game. I might, you know, glance and see what's going on. But, yeah, nothing much from them. But, yeah, Southampton, has and Hutt will be happy. Ings got a goal. And I think Ings, I think he's out of contract this, I think it's January or this summer. A lot of clubs will be after him. And Liverpool could have easily done with him. Uh, like someone said, they could have just uh, sold Origi, kept Ings. But there'll be other teams after Ings. I can imagine teams like Everton, you know, even someone at Tottenham. I'm just saying it could happen. And if it happens, you know where you heard it first. You know. But yeah, even though that game was yesterday, I left the last two on the Sunday because I really want to end on the Tottenham Arsenal game. Sheffield United played Leicester. Uh it looked like for a long time it was gonna stay one one. But <laughs> one thing that's so funny is you know Leicester when they play and Vardy's there at any point, as soon as that ball goes through, it's game over ball went through and you just knew and I was just thinking if I'm the defender and Vardy's like that I'm pulling him down I'm taking a red card it's last minute I'm taking a red you know manager might bring on a sub bring on another defender we clear it we get a point but yeah they just let him run through and you know once he's through on goal 99 times up 100 it's a goal obviously he did his wild celebrations kicking the corner flag but that's just such a Jamie Vardy celebration like, if I said to someone, if I showed you a picture of the corner flag and said, who celebrated their last-minute goal like this in the league, you'll know it's someone like Jamie Vardy. This guy is like, he's always on Red Bull. He's amped up 24-7. But yeah, good finish by him. Assist by Madison. And that is Madison's first assist in, what, 363 days? Almost a year. That's mad. I will never have this guy in my fantasy football team with a record like that. You must be mad. But Jamie Vardy must be buzzing. Sheffield Wednesday fan. Again, scoring against his, in inverted commas, rivals. And Chris Wilder will be absolutely doing his nut. One point in 11 games. That's a joke team. Absolute joke. They could honestly get a worse record than Derby. I think Derby's record was 11 points. I never thought there was anything that would be worse than that. But boy, if they do, they are going to be absolutely fuming. I feel with... Sheffield United, they need to kind of have their fans back and just change up the system. It's not working. They need to bring some fresh legs in as well because their teams seem a bit too rigid. So we'll see what happens in Jan. We're about what? How many days now? 23, 24 days away from a chance of winner opening. So we'll see what happens. But I'm sure Chris Wilder will be looking to make some signings. Now, the final game. It wasn't the final game of the weekend, but it was one of the games of the weekend. But the main one I wanted to talk about Spurs versus Arsenal, North London derby. You know, you think, man, fired up. Arsenal going to be fired up for this one. Nah. Tottenham came out of the blocks quick. Son with a fantastic goal. Great goal. But the thing is with me, I'm very like, I'll see a great goal. 
and I always like to see what leads up to it. If you see the highlights closely, I fully blame two people in this one. Hector Bellerin and Rob Holden. Kane gets the ball in midfield. So much space for Son. And I'm sure there was a little clip where Arteta was telling the players to drop back just before that. Bellerin, nope, leaves the space. He runs towards Holden. And Holden does this thing where he puts his arms behind his back and then he just kind of backs off. And the finish was amazing. I'm not taking away from Son. It was a good finish. But Rob Holding has to do better. We saw him do it against Villa as well when he let Barkley just do his little shuffle before passing to target. You know, like, so that needs to improve. I feel Gabriel played very well. He can hold his head up high. But some of the other performances of the players at Arsenal, absolutely awful. Spurs were just good. 1-11, to 11, fantastic performances. Reguillon's come in, looks amazing. Serge Aurier, who I'm normally critical of, was very good. Like, Mourinho seems to have sorted that defence. He's got into their minds and they are playing so well. And Hoiberg, you know what? I want to really uh, spend a minute talking about this guy. At Southampton, when they signed him, I think they sent him from Bayern, I was like, I'd never really heard of him. I saw him play a bit well and I thought, oh, he's all right, he's a decent player. And at Southampton, you kind of saw him doing like the all-round game. So he'd be running forward, taking his shots, and he scored that fantastic goal against Brighton about two seasons ago. But at uh, Tottenham, they've got him in this holding, uh, holding mid position. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing. He breaks up play and just gives it. Like, there's no fancy stuff. And I saw a little clip when he... I think someone passed it back to the keeper and he was buzzing. He would pump his fist and say, like, yeah, come on. And you can see that's the Mourinho style, you know, put into them. And Spurs look good. If they can keep a fully fit squad, they're going to give anyone a problem. Kane and Son, that combination is scary. It's scary. They haven't even unleashed Gareth Bale yet. All right, we might, it might not be the Gareth Bale of Real Madrid, but still, like, they, <laughs> they look very, very strong. And yeah, they're always, but you know, with Spurs, they're always like two inches away from something bad going on, a losing run. And, you know, before you know it, everyone says, oh, it's Spurs, you know, trophy. And then they just end up in the top four. But they've got a big game against Liverpool, I think it's next week. So we'll see what happens with that. If they can go there and get a positive result, well, boy, that's that's a lot of positive results against the top six. I think, yeah, they beat City, beating Arsenal now, beat United. So, boy, Drew against Chelsea, so who knows? Who knows with them? But, you know, Spurs look very good. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not the biggest Mourinho fan, but we can see how he's gone into Spurs and he's changed them. And what, the gap between Arsenal and Spurs is, what, 11 points now? Boy, good luck to Mikel Arteta. And you know what? As a football fan, I'm not going to say Arteta should leave because I believe he's come in and I feel he is the right person to do well with Arsenal. I just feel there's a lot of issues going on at Arsenal and unfortunately for him, he's just part of that now. And let's see what happens in the January window. And I feel for Arsenal, the biggest thing they can do now is try and get all the players as fit as possible. If they can in January, get a number 10 in. Then they'll have Thomas Partey. I wouldn't say alongside Xhaka because Xhaka has been awful for the last, you know, for the whole season so far. And I just feel if they get a number 10, he may have the Bruno effect. We saw Bruno come in January of this year 
and United won an unbeaten run and they were fantastic, got him into the Champions League. So you don't know what impact that can have. The problem is for Arsenal, they can't fall too far off before that because it'll be hard to regain, you know, a good position in the top four, I say top five, top six. So there's a lot of work to be done there. Spurs will be beaming though. And, you know, if we get to March and Spurs are still up there, then game on. I still feel for me, if someone was to ask me now who I think will win the Premiership, I think City just. I just feel City now are picking up. They've got a better defence now. You know, they they were always leaking goals before. Now with DS at the back, they look a lot stronger. So I think, yes, yeah, City will just pip Liverpool, Liverpool to the title. So I think it'll be City, Liverpool, and then I'd have to say between Chelsea and Tottenham for third and fourth. I can't really say which way around. I don't want to start predicting it and getting that wrong and embarrass myself. But it's going to be a great season. We've seen that with these games and we've got some better games coming. Boxing Day, good games. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking at the fixtures, getting gassed. But, um, you know, it's been a good week in the football again. Loads of goals, you know. Not too many VAR issues. We had the issue at the United West Ham game, but not as many as we normally have. But, you know, we look forward to the Champions League games tonight. And a massive, massive game for Man United. I think they just need a point to qualify for the next round. But Leipzig will not be easy. So to all United fans, good luck. Hope you enjoy the game. And when I come back on Friday with predictions, hopefully I can be saying United are through to the next round. Look forward to the group stages. But we'll see that come that time. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'll see you on Friday for the prediction show. Peace. 